understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. It is your girl, your host, Jessica Hurley, and I am here with another incredible guest. And you guys know how I feel about women that just wake me up and call me out on my shit. Like, the closer to home it feels, the more I'm like, we need to talk. And this incredible woman just spoke life into me about owning my feelings about motherhood, everything from motherhood to social media strategy to brand strategy. I fell in love with her on the gram, y'all, and you will too. So I can't wait to have her, our guest today, international brand strategist for emerging brands, author, award-winning author of The Relationship Game, and just an internationally recognized speaker, which is freaking goals. So I'm so excited to welcome Miss Alicia Reese. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait for people to hear your story. We're about to get into it. (laughs) So I wanted this conversation to be about this overarching feeling about motherhood. And we will get into this because I think it's so important for my listeners. But just in the opportunity of getting to know you, I was blown away with your take on life because I talked to too many women that have a zillion excuses. And I'm not not guilty either. I can't tell you how many (laughs) times I've talked myself out of a workout and felt like I had real legit valuable excuses, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But it is so true in that we ultimately create the life that we want in every single choice that we make. And you shared some of your childhood with me and I was like, wow. So for my listeners, explain a little bit to them about starting your own business when you were 12 years old. Yes. So I tell people all the time, I'm a firm believer. It's not about where you start. It's about where you decide you're going. Growing up, I understood wholeheartedly that we were the poor kids. We were poor. We didn't smell very good. We didn't always have food. And so for me, my mother used to teach us, you can't, again, you cannot change what happens to you all the time, but you can change how you'll respond. So she taught us very, very young how to fundraise. If anyone's ever been to Sarasota, there's a place called St. Armand Circle. Yes. And she, yes, I love, it's such a gorgeous place. I've only been back, honestly, twice just to visit. But so we would go to St. Armand Circle once a week in our school uniforms. So we went to a private Christian school and, you know, there aren't usually scholarships. When you go to private school, you usually have to, you know, pay. And so we didn't have the money. So my mother would barter cleaning services that we could go to school for free. So even though we lived in the ghetto off of Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Sarasota. Oh my God, real quick. Private school educated. The Newtown Center. Do you know where that is? Really? I know exactly where it is. That's like, that was like three minutes away from my house. It's so crazy how we've never met, but we literally have so many ties to Sarasota. It's crazy. (laughs) But so so we lived there in a little house on, I think, 32nd Street. And so 
in order to start at the school, we always had to raise the registration to come. And we, of course, never had the money. So we came up with scripts. We would get dressed in our school uniforms. And because I was the oldest, it was my responsibility to come up with the script that we would use to go on St. Armand Circle with our buckets. And we would literally walk around the circle, sometimes three times, sometimes five times, sometimes seven times. We would have to walk up to people that we did not know and ask them to donate to our registration funds so that we could go to school. And what I did at the time, not knowing that it would serve me later in life when it came to marketing, is, is I would tell them the reason we want you to make an investment in our education is it's because the children that you don't help today become those who take tomorrow because they're without. Anyone who is destitute will always find a way to get what they need, be it legal or illegal. So we're asking you to help us to ensure that our future is bright and all these other things. So we did, we were doing that for a number of years. I think from like, we started at like 10. So now by the time I hit 12, I was really tired of being hungry. Like I said, we didn't always have food in our home. I think we went an entire year without running water in our house and six months without electricity. And as a kid, as an adult, people are like, oh my God, how did you do with that? When you're a kid, kids don't think the way adults think. Kids are super, super resilient. So in our mind, it was just something that it just was. You had your alternatives. You had your fix. You could go to Winn-Dixie down the street with the five-gallon tub, fill it up with water, bring it to the house and use that to like boil the water to bathe in and things like that. And so at 12, I was like, okay, I can't fundraise for spending money because that's always for school. So what can I do? How can I get exactly what I want? That's when the real strategist in me started. You know, she was born then. Because I said I was getting my hair braided by a young girl in our church. And so I was watching her. She was braiding my little sister's hair. And I'm like, hey, would you be willing to teach me how to braid hair? Then you can make more money because I can then help you to braid. And then I'm not asking you for your money or asking you to give me a discount. But if you teach me how to braid, then I can then you know, help you. And so she saw it as a win-win for her. And in my head, I was like, eventually after I finished helping her, that can be my business. Mm -hmm. So she taught me how to braid. And for two years, I, I braided hair. I had a really great roster of, you know, clientele. And then finally, I was like, you know what? This takes too long. I don't like this. I only get paid Let when I'm do working. something different. Yes. I, it was like, if I divide the number of hours by the amount of money I'm getting paid, I'm not getting paid four or five dollars an hour. That doesn't work. Mind you, at 12, I was doing this type of mathematics. And so then I started a cleaning business at 14 because I'm like, you know, I can clean. It won't take me nearly as long as braiding hair and I'll get paid more money. And I had no idea about like marketing and word of mouth and any of that. For me, it was all strategy. How can this is where I'm at? This is where I want to be. How can I bridge the gap? You literally are responsible for creating whatever it is that you want in life, period. No excuses. If you want it, figure out a way to legally go and get it. Legally, that part. <laughs> Got to add that part in because, you know, some folks are like, well, she said, no, 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 disclaimer, legally. So you go from creating multiple opportunities for yourself. And I love this because, you know, they say now that like those are the um, little ticks that you have the ability to be an entrepreneur. You have that creative mindset. And then, and then, of course, you start going through life and people start trying to tame you, right? They start trying to ring you in and tell you to do all the things that you're supposed to do. And so you become 
this corporate rock star working for these big companies, Washington Post, all these other startup projects. And so how do you go from that? Because truth be told, I remember getting into that realm for a while and I thought I had made it. I was like, I have made it. I travel, I get paid to travel. I got a good job. Like I did this right. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, what made me think this was the right way? (laughs) So what was the switch? What were you like? Oh, this ain't it. So for me, because I had had a number of, you know, businesses before I knew like, okay, I can create whatever it is I want, but I also wanted to work in corporate America because I wanted to learn the structure, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to see the back end of how they develop things, how they schedule meetings, how they set it up, because I knew eventually I want to be able to work alongside them because I love my corporate comrades. I really, really do. Even though I am unemployable, I do love, you know, my corporate folks. And so I was in my last position. I was working, I was an operations manager, I believe, for Captain University. And I had just gotten onto a new team and where it's the first week onto the team. And we were doing like an outing with the team, you know, to get to know everyone, you know, team building. And so, you know, folks were drinking that night. And I was at the house of the the main director and there was two colloquial terms that were being used. And (laughs) my direct boss, he called me trash because he said, if I were to use the female version of the colloquial term that I was a piece of trash, even though the male version of it was totally fine. And so he said it, and I'm not going to lie, he said it in front of everybody in the room and even the head director turned her head and looked like, oh my God, he didn't just call her trash in front of every person in the room. And then they tried to smooth it over with a, ha ha ha, he's just joking. But for me, it wasn't a joke. For me, it was a a wake up call to say, you know what? Hey, you don't have to take this. Like, this doesn't work for you. You get to decide. It's like you decided when you were 12 and had no real options in everyone else's point of view. Like, what can a 12 year old do? Just like you had no quote unquote real options at 14, what can a 14 year old do? Like you've been creating and building, you know, money for yourself for quite some time. You can do that now. And now you've got options, choices, you can make legal decisions, you can sign contracts and paperwork. And so I just asked like, okay, cool. I am now activated. Optimus Prime may have pressed the button, time to transform. <laughs> I am going back to the old. <laughs> I'm going back to the old me. I'm going to go ahead and perfect this thing because this won't work. And I literally, I started planning my exit strategy that night. I got home that night and I was like, okay, how much money do I need to save so that I have a good nest egg for at least a year because this will not work. And that's when I started. I'm like, okay, yeah, this won't work anymore. And so, I incorporated my business a couple couple months after that. So when you began that planning and that exit strategy, did you have a clear plan? Were you like, this is what I'm going to do? Or you were just like, I got to figure something out. I honestly was like, okay, I got to figure something out. I was at the time going through pretty interesting divorce at the time as well. My amazing ex-husband had decided that he would stop paying the mortgage on our home. Even though the military was paying him to pay the mortgage on our home. Fun times, I tell you. Um, It it literally felt like my life was like kind of getting in on me. And he had informed me on my birthday that he wasn't going to, you know, pay the mortgage anymore. And so during all of those times, all of those things kind of coming together at one time, it was a, 
you have no choice but to figure this thing out type of situation. And so I started looking at what was in my hand. A lot of people feel like they have to connect with this person and they have to be that person and they need this and this and this and that. And I just took a look. I started writing down what is in my hand. What is it that I'm really, really good at? I took out a piece of paper and it's what I tell people to do all the time. And I put three columns. I made sure I wrote two lines on the paper so that there were three columns. In the first column, I wrote down all of the skills, all of the things that I was good at. I put on there braiding hair. I put on there that I'm a strategist. I put on there that I'm really, really good at coming up with marketing plans, that I'm good at defusing situations. So I'm a good moderator. Like I wrote all of that down. And then in the very next column, I wrote down what problems that people that, you know, my, those are solutions in that first column, but what are the problems that people have that my skill set can be a solvent for? And then in that last column, I wrote down three ways in which I can make money for every problem because I have a solution here in this first column. And this is a problem. What are three ways that I can make money? Because you need streams of income. Because when one stream is, is drying up, I need to make sure I have at least others that are flowing through because I was a single mom mm. and there were things that I required for her life to look like because I didn't want it to look the way mine looked. And so that's what I did. It took me about a week. I need people to hear this though, because I talked to so many people that they see a life that they want. They see a lifestyle. So they're seeing all these people online and it's like, I want to become an entrepreneur. And again, we could get into a whole nother podcast about for the wrong reasons. You don't like your boss. You don't this and you don't that. But it has to be motivated by the right things. It's just like you. You kind of always had this in you, but you were motivated by a situation that you need to get out of. And you weren't clear. And I think there's so many people that they see a life they want, but they're not clear on what those things are. And obviously there's some blocks around self-awareness or and being willing to pivot because I can... I'm, probably sure you're going to tell me that you're not doing the thing you were doing when you quit your corporate job (laughs) anymore. And that happens too, but just writing down your skills and owning them because that in itself is hard, right? Because people are like, I don't really know if I'm good at that. Am I good at that? You know, it's like writing down your skills and then writing down problems that people have that because you learn these Mm -hmm. skills from somewhere, you learn them because they're assigned to problems or things that you have overcome. So what are these problems that people have or you have had in the past that you would have paid for? Because I know as a business owner, there's a lot of problems I would pay to solve right now. And then money from this. Yo, that's easy. You could do that right now. How do you make money from it? And a lot of times too, women, they're like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, ask for too much. I don't want to. No, ask for it. Listen. If it is a problem that more than a couple people have and it is a recurring problem, that means folks are willing to pay you for your expertise. If you don't charge, charge. Listen, every time I talk to, um, I have a high performance coach and every time I talk to anyone else outside of that, they'll be like, you know, because I'm always trying to fix my systems because the more clients I take on, the messier it gets. So I've been talking to yes. systematic processing strategy. That's not my thing. That's not my thing. That's Spanish to me. <laughs> That's my thing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm pulling my hair out. Someone just tell me what to do. I just want to work with people all day. <laughs> so I talk to people and they'll be like, oh, and they'll start going through my stuff and they'll say, oh, well, we got to talk about your sales process. You know, what's your conversion rate? And I'm like, oh, you don't even, we good over here. Like I'm converting <laughs> 95% of my calls because- mm-hmm you know, someone would obviously tell you either you're not charging enough or 
You have a valuable service. I have a service that there's a lot of people out there that don't know the solution to. They don't know how to have access to the solution. So when I say, here's what we do, they're like, that. I didn't even know that existed. Where do I pay? You know? Yeah. Like, like send me the invoice. Solving a problem. I don't have anybody that don't pay the solve invoice the, the same day. Solve Listen, the problem. Solve the problem. That's the biggest thing. People are like, well, what's the best piece of business advice? Be the solution to someone's problem. Yeah. All, you will figure out the marketing, the advertising, the all that. That will come, I promise. Start before you're ready and be the solution to someone's problem. Don't wait for perfection because it will never happen. You will constantly, life is a series of evolution. Mm. Uh, It's not about whether you believe in creation or evolution. That's irrelevant. Your life is a series of evolving moments, stages, and phases. If you can get that understanding to know that just because I am not the same person I was yesterday. Mm. I learned something new today. The new thing that I learned today is, is I can figure out how to spend time with her, her being my daughter, and still get done what I need by doing something else I need to do, which is work out. So I'm going to wrap those two together, put them in a nice, pretty little bow. You are And efficient. I learned something new. You are Ooh, efficient. You have, to be, <laughs> you have to be efficient. I need to do all three of these things, spend time with her, work out, and get more time in my day. How do I do Literally that? All the time. Listen. I'm like, can I take this I call from the car? Listen, I got to go somewhere. We going to adjust this, change this here. Like, how can I get there? It really and truly is figure out how to solve the problem. And then the last piece, like I said, is especially for women. We don't like to charge for our stuff. No, just like you pay people, uh, require people to pay you. It is the law of karma. You have to allow people to give it to you so that they can be, you know, they can receive their good karma. Just like you're giving into other people. So you're blessing them to allow them to bless you. You I happily, I happily receive and I get so excited. (laughs) Thank you for paying me. (laughs) No, but it's an exchange of energy. (laughs) It's an exchange of energy. And the way that you just explained it was so profound because if for some of you that are struggling, look at it this way. One thing I learned as an entrepreneur is you will never be comfortable charging something you've never paid. So if you're like, I remember the times two years ago when I was like sending a $300 invoice and I was like clutching my chair, like, that's so crazy to me that someone would pay that much money, you know? And now I'm like a thousand here, 3000 here, you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. I've paid, I've worked my way up to pay those amounts of money. So I have no problem charging that that money. And so when you think about the client that that you're charging, and what they're working on, you need to think, honey, I need to charge you this. One, because I know I'm worth it, yeah. first and foremost. But two, I'm charging you this because you need to learn. If you got goals, income goals of ten, twelve, twenty thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. you need to be able to pay one to two to three thousand dollars for something that is going to help Absolutely. grow your business. You're going to Absolutely. enable the shit out of them if you don't. Yes. And here's the thing. And I tell my best friend all the time because she's a little more gentle than I. I'm a little tougher. You um, need the balance. There needs to be there needs to be a yin and a listen, yang. Listen, I am Hennessy much much of the time when it comes to conversations around money. Because people are like, oh well, let me just they want to, and I don't know if this is the proper term, but they want to pussyfoot around the fact that this is the amount. No, the amount is the amount. And she's like, Oh, well, they asked to negotiate the rate. And I said, then that's no. not your client. They are not your target market, and you need yes. to be able to say, okay. 
everybody is not your target client. Everybody's not your target customer. Anybody who tries to negotiate your rate down, I promise you they're going to be a thorn in your flesh. Oh. Now, if they say this is my budget, okay, cool. That's your budget. This is what I can do based on that on budget. Your budget. But you don't get, listen, you don't get the, the, the car, the house, the kids, and the dog for $500. Are you kidding me? No. no, but for $500, you can get this good tray pan that you can use to sit the dog in so he can, you know, <laughs> do his business in the tray pan. But you are not about to get the house, the car, the kids, and the dog for $500. You been me no backwards for some, somebody would have paid double, triple that and gave me listen. half the hard time. No. Listen, and the only reason I know what I know is because I have made investments. I have paid $2,700 for a class so that I can learn a lesson that I need to learn so that I can then charge somebody $5,000. So yeah, I paid $2,700 so I can I was, then charge $5,000 repeatedly. I was beside repeatedly. myself. So it paid for I was beside myself when I realized I was paying $24,000 this year for a coach, a high-performance coach. And I'm like, but if I make a quarter million, who gives a shit? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who the fuck cares? It is barely 10% of what I have invested. And I say all the time, like, understand, every coach needs a coach. In order to get to that next highest level, the reason Doug Rivers and Phil Jackson, the reason they get paid what they get paid is because they know how to coach you to a certain level of play. They understand the type of energies and issues and problems and the type of focus that you're going to need once you're on this level of play. So because they know that they can prepare you in advance for it. So yeah, you pay that type of coach because that type of coach is going to get you to where you want to be next. Oh yeah. Where do I sign? Yeah, exactly. Let's get this done because I need this. Yep. I need to be able Mm -hmm. to double what I charge based on what I'm going to learn from you. Yes. Or if you, you're either buying, I tell this all the time, simple as this, you're either buying back your freedom or you're buying back or you're investing your time or you're buying back your freedom end of the day. One of the two. If you, if you ready to like, you got all these ideas and you ready to hustle to death, but you got other things that you have to move forward, then you're going to have to invest some time or some money to get those things Absolutely. off your plate so you can make more money elsewhere. One of the two. You know what I'm not willing to do? Mm. I'm not spending three hours cleaning my three-story house. I won't do it. I'm not doing it. I won't. I doing you. It's taken I me three not. hours to clean my three-story house and it only cost me 160 to have it cleaned. No, I will make a thousand dollars in three hours. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I could have made in three hours? Because I was dating this guy once, and he was saying he wants, you know, additional children. And I was like, sure, I'd be willing to do at least one, one more. But I just need you to understand when, when you have requests, there are obligations that now I have. You have a request, great. I've got some obligations. I must have a housekeeper, a nanny a chef, and a personal trainer. A, you're not going to cheat on me because this body is just so out of whack. Not I a whole lot right. Not get pregnant. Exactly. I'm not snatched no more. It's not snatched. It's flabby and it's like it's been gained a whole lot of weight. So, And I'm no longer healthy. So right. I, I'm going to need a personal trainer and I need them to also be a nutritionist so they can help me eat right. Because it's, you know, I think what they say, 80, 90% eating. Oh, Lord. So no, I need you to have that. I need a nanny. Because watching kids is a lot. My one daughter, taking her to gymnastics and bringing her back, that's a loss of four hours in my day. 
you, there are only so many hours in the day that I can work. So if I'm losing four hours in my day for one child, imagine what I'm going to lose for two. Oh no, you're not about to play me. Yes, I need a nanny and I'm not going to feel bad about requiring that you get me any. You have requests, I have obligations. Either you'll meet those or I won't be having any additional children for you. Mm. He used to say we didn't work out because he didn't understand. And I was <laughs> like, okay, well, on to the next. On to the next. Okay, so hold on. To the next. Speaking of motherhood, because this was what was so profound about you that caught my eye that you said. And I was like, I felt not attacked. I felt hurt because everyone always says they feel attacked. I felt hurt. I felt, oh, well, like, it's not just me. And you said, you said, my child is not my, this was you on another podcast. You said, my child is not my world. Mommyhood wasn't the pinnacle. That line right there, like double underline it. Mommyhood wasn't the pinnacle. And I was like, man, it's wonderful. I, I love my son so much, but I never was like, I have to do X, Y, and Z so that I can have children. And then there was just not, it just wasn't there. But I think there's so much mom guilt. There's so much guilt around like, I don't even think I've heard a woman say that before. Like, I feel like women are just like, this is my why. I love being a mom. Like, this is a new thing for women. And I think for some women, this it's needed. It's I telling need, the truth. I needed to hear it. What, to, it's, explain, it's telling the truth, finally. Explain this truth. We always, it's so funny because I was, I was a young mom, right? I got pregnant right out of college. So to me, I was so young and definitely wasn't ready. And to be honest, before I had my one child, I used to want six because we're, I, girl, crazy. Just as crazy as it comes. And no disrespect, excuse me, I don't want to offend anyone. No disrespect to, to women who want a whole house full of kids. More yeah. power to you. Yes. However, for me in my house, and <laughs> my lifestyle, that never would work. And I didn't really know who I was. But being a Southern woman, they teach you, you're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have children. You're supposed to honor your husband. No matter what he does to you, you're supposed to stay and make it work. because That is what you're supposed to do. Your children are supposed to be your universe. You are supposed to, you know, find your full joy and fulfillment in them, which number one is super problematic because how are you going to tell me that I'm supposed to find joy in something outside of myself? Oh, period. That does not work. That is the Mm. absolute wrong thing that we are teaching girls. And I teach my child. That's not what we do. You can absolutely have all the children in the world if you want, but I need you to first figure out who the fuck you are. Right. And yes, I know for all the perfect mommies who don't curse when they speak to their children, that is great. But I say it to her exactly like that because I need her to feel me. Figure out who the fuck you are before you decide to invest fully in another person by dating them and invest fully in another person by having a child. Because it is extremely difficult to find yourself when you also have to raise another person. So once she got here, you know, she came out, I looked down at my stomach and I bawled because my body was, I mean, disfigured. It was really, really bad. So that did something to me mentally, especially because you see all the perfect, you know, bodied moms. So as soon as they had their baby, they snapped back and it was perfect. Not me. So I just, I bawled and I looked at it and then there was a huge surgical scar. It was pain. It was bad. And so I looked at her and I expected to be able to A, connect immediately which did not happen because there was so much trauma around getting her here because the doctor wouldn't listen to me. I told him I need to have her. 
he was like, no, I can't do third. I can't do Tuesday. I have to do Thursday. And I'm like, I'm not ordering a pizza. I'm having a baby. Right. She's not going to stay in until Thursday. Can we please take her? He tells me, no, I go into labor Tuesday night. I don't realize I'm into labor because it's my first kid and we have a surgery. You know, we have a film. We had a film crew because my ex was in the military. So he was gone. He wasn't there. So I'm by myself with my sister. I'm going into labor. Don't realize it. I get to the hospital. So far gone. My daughter's butt first. So she's going into the birth canal. It was just bad. They have to do an emergency surgery now because, again, because she's butt first, we wouldn't make it. Not me or her. We just would not make it with her being pushed out. So we're rushing into surgery. I meet the doctor who's who's about to literally cut me open. I meet her 60 seconds before she, you know, starts to slice on me. So I'm going through all these trauma-filled things. It's just all bad. <laughs> so... I don't connect to her immediately because, again, there was so much trauma around getting her here. And I looked at her and I'm like, but I expected to feel that feeling that all the mothers say they have. And it the was the feeling that, that was going to help you overcome the scars and the disfigured body. Like you were going to look yeah. at her and it was going to be, you know what, this is oh, so worth it. it. Yeah. Yes, this is usually what everyone says they experience. And then I didn't experience it. And I was like, well, I feel gypped. <laughs> <laughs> I feel gypped. Like y'all lied to me. Nobody wanted to tell the truth. All this. Nobody wanted to tell the truth. Why did y'all lie to me? And so it was in that moment I realized that wow, for me, motherhood is not the pinnacle. And after that, I started going to therapy. Of course, I took care of her. I made sure she was, you know, had what she needed, and okay, and all the things. But for me, I started to really get to know myself after I had her. And I saw that I love this tiny human. I don't like this experience because they just have all the needs when they are babies. They need you for every single thing. And I just, I wasn't ready for that love. love Completely dependent on you. 100,000%. 1,000%. Some people love it. They're like, oh, I miss them when they were little. Not I said to Kat, I am so happy she can use bath on her own. She can fix herself some food. She can walk her own self down the stairs and get on her bike. You're like, bye. In heaven. <laughs> Peace out, sis. Just come back and be safe, but peace out. <laughs> but I had to be honest with myself. And there were moms in the beginning who would judge me and say, how can you say that about your child? And I'm like, you know what? You feel the same way. You just don't feel comfortable saying it out loud. Well, here, I'm going to tell the truth of both of us right. and say this. It is not the most important thing in my life. When I went back to college after I had my daughter to get my master's, and when I started my business, that feeling that I was looking for, the the I have arrived, the oh, this is it feeling that I expected Amen. to have the moment I pushed her, not pushed, but the moment, you know, I saw her, I wish I pushed, I wanted to push so bad, but that's beyond the point. But the moment that I saw her, I felt that when I started working on building my business. And I was like, oh, gee, this, I this is what this. it is. It's just not with a baby. Yes. It's just not with a baby. And that is okay. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you don't give them your best. I give my daughter my absolute best, but I also give me my best. And Mm. I give me my best first. Mm. She gets the best me after I've given me the best me. Then I give her after that. And I'm okay with it. Someone told me that before. Thank God, because I kind of adopted that. But I went on a cruise when my, and my son, I have a whole story about my son. He was in the NICU for 80 days. 
So he doesn't come home until he's three and a half months old. And so six months, three months after him being home, I went on the cruise for five days, left him with my husband. And everybody was like, I've never left my three-year-old for more than a night. And I was like, I'm sorry. Bye. (laughs) See you when I get back. Love you. Beat it. Yeah. I remember someone telling me this and it was so profound. They were like, you know, your children can't be everything to you because your life will revolve around them. You'll forget who you are and then they'll leave you one day and you'll be Mm -hmm. stuck like a 19 year old looking in the mirror, except you'll be 45 going, who am I? So please don't make them your world. Make them the most important human, but don't make them your everything. And I've just trained myself. Make them a part of your world. Mm -hmm. Just train myself early Mm -hmm. on to like, I send him with his grandparents for a week. Like he goes to daycare every day. People are like, Oh, you became an entrepreneur to be a stay-at-home mom? I'm like, hell to the no. No. Like, um, heck no. Here every day. <laughs> that is disrespectful. Why would you why would you wish that on me? What? And I know <laughs> I'm not. Because when we have them little extra Mondays off and he ain't got no daycare and I have them all day, I'm like, you need to go. It's time to go. It's time. You gotta go. And it doesn't mean you don't love them. I really want us to, that's the next thing we need to normalize. Normalize honesty motherhood all these lies about all the perfect moms who you know they're your world and your why and they're your everything and they're your this and they're your that is so beautiful but for all the rest of us imperfect mamas who we like vacations without our kids we enjoy our lives we have discovered because a trip with a child is a trip not a vacation (laughs) it's not i just did a trip with a child and i was just like god dog i gotta do just for you too huh okay that's cool (laughs) That's all right. I'm, I'm gonna take me a vacation after once the trip. I get you back into, after the trip. After the trip. But that's another thing too. Like it, I feel like people feel as though they have to choose, right? I either have to be a perfect mom or I'm gonna be a bad mom. And it's like, no, no, no. There's a whole gray area, sis. Yeah. Go, go thrive. Go like you know get yeah. jiggy in that gray area that allowed them to, because it allows them to figure things out for themselves because you can't make every choice and decision for them. So let them spend some time with their grandma. I'm sending my daughter to her grandmother for a good 10 days while I go out to LA and, you know, stretch a little bit. I just need stretch, just a little stretch. I just need some breathing room. Get off. (laughs) Just a little breathing room. My daughter is, she's highly, she has a very high level of emotional intelligence. And she's also emotional. So that means she wants to touch, she wants to cuddle, she wants to talk. You know, nine of the 12 waking hours a day that she is awake, that is a lot of, you know, energy. I'm an introvert. She's an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So I'm pooped after like hour number two of her talking. We're, we're still, we still got seven more hours of her talking left. <laughs> so it's okay to like, you know, take those moments and then to tell them that you're taking moments. I tell her, you know, mommy just needs 30 good minutes to just sit with myself. I'll be back with you momentarily. This prioritizing your boundaries. Mm-hmm. It gives mom guilt on a suffering level to some women. Just mm-hmm. suffering level. Like they feel like they have to be the end all be all for their child every waking moment. And anytime that they try to put themselves first, it pains them. Pains mm-hmm. them. They literally cry. I've had moms in my DMs who are just like, how do you do that without crying? Girl, I've been saying about her since this was <laughs> made a habit like, of it immediately. <laughs> listen, immediately. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just knew like, hmm, I'm losing my mind. 
if I stay here with her, I'm not, I'm going to be a nutcase. That means if I lose my mind, she no longer has a mom who can give her the best of herself because I am not giving me the best of myself. So because I want her to get my best, I'm going to have to do something for me so I don't lose my shit. Correct. This means I'm going to need to go away. You need the best version of me at all times. You do. I can't do that if I don't take time for me. Yes, 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 yes. Mamas, do y'all hear that? I know. I know some of you have more than one child. You have multiple children and trying to manage it all and keep your spouse happy and start a business just seems absurd. But let me tell you, just like the moment that you realize you're pregnant, like you waited and then you were like, oh shit, I'm pregnant. And you were like, I wasn't ready. It's never a perfect time to have a child as there's never a perfect time to put yourself first. It's just a choice. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's not, let me wait till dinner is cooked. The kids are fed. Everybody's in bed. Everything is done. And maybe, maybe just maybe on Saturday when everyone's busy, I can have some time to myself. No, you just make a choice. Like right now is when I feel the tipping point. I'm making a choice to choose me. Everybody's going to have to go figure something out. You just have to choose. Because I promise you, your husband was feeding himself before he met you. Did you not have a mama? Swear to God. That means he was feeding himself before he met you. He is not malnourished. You did not meet him malnourished. (laughs) You sure didn't. That means he was figuring out how to get food and then take the food from the plate to his mouth. I promise you, you're taking a night off to go hang with your girlfriend, so figure it out. I promise. And you're going to feed them kids, too. You know why? Because kids are not going to let you keep them hungry. They're not going to let you. They're going to drag you to the countertop. Listen, they're going to, and you always get drugged to the countertop because they're hungry. Let him do it, too. Like this whole, oh, only I can do it. Perfect. Girls, you don't read some books on delegation and start delegating the responsibility (laughs) to your partner. They got some great ones on Audible. You're in a one Google. one business partnership with two people in it. You better split some responsibilities. You don't have to wash the dishes every night. And I have a rule in my house. If I cook, I'm not cleaning. I will not. Mm. Y'all can figure out how to wash these dishes. Yep. I have just fed you. Now you are going to help me clean. Period. This is just how it works in my house. It is okay. And guess what that does? Honor. Same. It honors you. It keeps you not going psycho. Nobody wants us to lose our minds because we have all these responsibilities, especially now with the pandemic. You know, it's there. There's been numerous studies that saying, you know, this time has set so many women back because we still have the primary amount of responsibilities. And I said, if y'all don't start pushing back, say no. People only do what you allow. If you need a permission slip, this is your permission slip to say no. I don't care what type of husband or partner or girlfriend or whomever or kids you have. If you don't say no, I ask my daughter all the time. No, I tell you the, the other people who live with me, my sister and you know and my father. No, I won't be doing that this evening. <laughs> but we're hungry. What about bless you? We're hungry. What about this? Oh, I think you'll figure it out because tonight I'm on break. I'm taking a leave of absence for the evening. <laughs> I will rejoin. Tomorrow. Not my 24-7 job. <laughs> I refuse to let it be. I refuse. There's another thing. To exercise our power and say no. Yeah, you have to exercise your power as a mother. Everyone's life is better with a woman in it, but you can't be that service of a woman if you're not in a great conditional shape as a woman. You can't be full yeah. woman to someone else if you're not caring for yourself the way a woman would care for someone else. Period. Yes. You take said care of you where you take care of that child. 
Yes, that part. You said this line though, and this was like a whole different part of motherhood that I was like, oh, oh, this was like the real struggle for me. Was you said, I had to write it down because I was like, I almost fell out of my chair. You said, (laughs) it was like, it was so good. You said something like, my daughter is not the end all be all. And you said, because with or without my daughter, my life is still lit as fuck. And I was like, I was like, do you know how many, three years. And I feel like I have struggled forever trying to find this new happy medium or this new balance of like the old me versus the new me. And it's like, I even feel like I compromise a lot of that version of me for the sake of motherhood or my child. And for you to just say that, it just takes so much ownership on our behalf to be like, you can still be a mom and still be sexy. You can still be a mom and still go out on a night on the town with your girls. You can still be a mom and like put yourself first and say, I'm going to go on a shopping day and we're going to find something to do with this baby. Like I need something for me. You know, I'm going to have a night out. I want to have drinks. I want to go hang out with my husband. I want to stay in a hotel with just me and my husband and my son far, far away. Like Far away. Because you can't do the things you want to do with him right there. Yes. That's a trip. Not a vacation. At the trip. No. So like, you people go. think their lit life is over when they have children. They really do. It's so funny. I, I went on a date recently because I've been dating a lot here lately. And so I went on a date recently with a young man. And he made a comment. He doesn't have kids yet. And he was like, yeah. He's like, I don't want kids because your life ends when you have a kid. And I was just like, hmm, where? Where? <laughs> Whose life ended? I was like, sir, I travel more now that I have a whole nother human being to care for than I ever did before her because I understood one simple fact. Unless my life has physically ended as in I am no longer in this realm, I still exist. There are still things that I want to do, still things that I want to accomplish. There are places I want to go. There are drinks I want to drink. I'm going to still do them. I was like, a kid is not attached. You're not Siamese twins. They're not Mm -hmm. attached to you for life. She was attached to me for a good 10 lunar months. And then, you know, I had her. And then now it's okay. I am no longer attached. Even if you were breastfeeding, you can freeze milk for what? What is it? Up to six months now. Don't quote me on that. I am not a doctor or a lactation specialist. So, you know, check with those folks. Be sure on the the amount of time you can freeze breast milk for your life over. Stop acting like it is. My life was nowhere near as lit as it is now than it was before because having her made me realize, oh no, now I have to seriously hold on to my sanity because kids can sometimes be like little terrorists. You know, they're cute terrorists, but they can be like little terrorists. <laughs> the most toxic person on earth is my toddler. <laughs> Listen, they are so toxic. And I don't even think they mean to be. They just trying to figure out their new life. They're oh, I know, to to, I know how out. to give them grace, but on the surface, that needs to be said. Yes, they are the most toxic little people ever. They don't clean up after themselves. They expect for you to jump when they say jump. They don't care about your feelings. They will call you fat and ugly to your face, not even behind your back to make you feel better. They have no patience. (laughs) No patience, no filter. No, because I know that you are my little broke bestie and my little toxic friend. I am going to enjoy my my life. So we tell you to get away from your broke friends and your toxic friends and the five people you hang around with. But yet you're still spending all this time with your child who is completely dependent on your life. Toxic, broke, all the things. All the things. Weighing you down. And you wonder why you can't start a business. 
listen, why you can't get your stuff together? It's because you always around your children. <laughs> Let them go a little bit. Let them go to the other side of the room and figure out how to feed themselves. Oh, but he's going to make a mess. It's okay. Make a game of teaching him how to clean up behind himself. Yep. Make it a game. Yep. Make it a game. Kids are competitive. OMG, who can clean up the fastest? Ooh, who can clean up the best? Make it a game. But sis, do not wrap your entire universe around your child or your partner because both of those lead to the destruction of who you are as a person. I love it. I love it. Women, your permission slip is signed, sealed, and delivered. You're welcome. You can set your soul free starting today. Let your children go. They holding you up right now. Really? Love them, love them, <laughs> hug them, and leave them. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Love them, hug them, and leave them. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So before we bounce, because I've held on to you far too long today, talk to us about the book that you authored, The Relationship Game. And I think it's so cool because when I first saw the title, I thought, wow, this must be about relationships. And it is about relationships, but not the romantic ones. It's about networking mm-hmm. relationships and how to build these phenomenal relationships with people so that you can collaborate and with you know big exclusive brands so that you can have some of the things that you want. So you talk about so many incredible things in this book, as well as three tools that really matter to these relationships. Just tell us a little bit about what people need to know about networking and why you wrote this book. So it's funny enough, I tell people all the time, networks are for computers. And if you treat people as if they are an inanimate object like a computer, then again, you will get in what you're putting out. If you can come to the understanding that every single human being requires and desires connection, then you build differently. Mm. You're not looking to network, you're building a relationship. And just like when you are looking to romantically court someone, it can't always be about you. The same is true when you're building professional relationships. You lead with your inherent value. So that A means you have to figure out what that is. And because most people don't take the time with and for themselves, especially if you're a woman and you have a child or you are a caretaker, it's everybody else, which is why I said the first thing I did when I was ready to start a business was write down what are the things that I'm good at. That helps you define and determine value, especially when you start writing in that third column, how you can monetize it. What you want to do when you're building relationships is understand that first things first, life is a relationship game. If you want to win at it, you've got to learn how to play the game well. It is a game. Make it fun. It is not something that has to be like, oh my God, I got to go to a networking event. It's no, oh, this is dope. I get to go and make a connection with another human because we all desire connection mm-hmm. and understand too. It's not, exactly. Exactly. And so for me, I always tell people that when you're looking to build relationships, you want to always go in with the idea of how can I serve? Not what can I get, but how can I serve? Because what that does is is there are assets and liabilities in everything, right? These are usually liabilities, but we're not going to go there. Um, But there are assets and liabilities in all things. And you never want it to be that when people see you or feel your energy, that they instantly feel as though you are in that liabilities column and you're coming to take something from them. Ooh, that's so Mm -hmm. good. That's so good. Because most of us don't even know how to start conversations without saying what we're here for or what we're about. Mm-hmm. And I always, well, when we were allowed to do, you know, in-person events, how I would start it is, is I would say, you know what? 
I really like your shoe or your blouse, or I would find something on them that I could compliment them that I actually like. So it wasn't a fake something. It was a, this is what I really, really like about you. And I want to tell you because A, not enough people hear compliments. Number one, many people don't. That was number one. And then number two, I would always want to find out, you know, so how'd you hear about the event? The simplest, easiest way to start a conversation. It's not deep, dark, or mystical. And then I would always follow up with, so how do you create magic in the world? Like, Mm -hmm. what is that like for you? Because most people are not coming up to folks asking, so how do you create magic in the world? I was going to say, if I heard you, I'd probably never forget you if you said that to me. Exactly. Yeah. And that is the point. And people can adjust it however they want to adjust it. But it's, it's literally allowing people to talk about themselves when they tell you how they create magic in the world. What you want to do is identify their pain points. And so how you do that is is you say, wow, that sounds like a lot of hard work. What are some of your biggest challenges? And so what I've done, when they start to tell me their biggest challenges, I have now given myself a way to stay connected to them by providing a solution to some of their biggest challenges. And here's the thing. Do y'all hear this, strategist? Do y'all hear this? (laughs) This girl is putting game into networking. She is like... I will have a whole marketing campaign and a f- you will feel you will feel like you need me when you leave. <laughs> exactly. But it really does. Like people are like, oh, well, I got to do my research. I got to figure out what the problem is, what the pain point is, if I want to connect to this person. After you have asked them how they create magic in the world, ask them what are some of their biggest problems? Like that sounds like a lot of work. What are some of the biggest problems that you're facing right now? Mm-hmm. And then what you do, make sure you're actively listening, not just letting them talk, actively listen, actively respond. But then when you ask them for their email, you follow up with, hey, I know you said that you were experiencing a problem with this, this, that, and the third. I found this article for you that might be of some help for you. And that is how you start to build the relationship. You are now asset because instead of saying, hey, I saw you have this project that I really want to get on and work with you for. You tell them, hey, here is a solution to one of the problems that you were discussing. And I didn't write the article. And the article won't have nothing to do with me. But what it does is it positions me as now an asset. It's a small problem they may have had, but I have still provided a solution for them. And so when they write back with, a, oh, wow, this is great. Thanks so much. And it's a, you are most welcome. I would love to do, especially now because people can't, well, some people can't do, you know, in, in face-to-face meetings. I would love to do a virtual lunch with you. I'll send you some Uber Eats and then we can just have lunch together. I would love to, you know, just speak to you for 10, 20 minutes about some of your biggest challenges because I would love to see how I can assist you in solving those. This is so resourceful. This is so good. And even for those of you, yeah, and here we are back to provide solutions. But for those of you that may not be on that entrepreneurship journey yet, maybe you're still in your career, especially an evolving career with our new virtual life and many mm-hmm. of us being, you know, staying at home or doing services differently. This is profound. Like, I love this. This is so good. Building a relationship. Professionals can do that. They can do that same thing. You don't have to just be an entrepreneur to use that same strategy. If you know you want to work for a particular business unit in your organization, because everybody's not supposed to be an entrepreneur. This is not for the week. It's so it's not. I just did an episode telling people I was like, entrepreneurship is like you just got let in the wild. Like you see those animals that are tamed at the zoo, they let you loose. And now you have to, after 17, 25, 30 years, now you have to hunt. You have to recruit people to help you hunt. 
You mm-hmm. have to like mm-hmm. build a place to live. You have to like, yeah. it's yep. like starting all over. Is, it is starting over. It is hard. It is full of labor. It is labor intensive. Like it is not easy. So if you are in your career, please don't feel like you have to jump, you know, out of the boat into the ocean because that's what everybody's doing. No, but you can absolutely use that same strategy. So if you are in corporate America, you can absolutely use this strategy because here's the thing. You already have their email. You don't have to do like me and use LinkedIn and Rocket Reach to find folks' emails. You work in the company, so you can just look in the directory. So you look in the directory for the person who you would like to connect and work with, look in that directory and ask if they have an assistant or whatever. Say, hey, I noticed you're doing XYZ project. I would love to see how my expertise can be lent to doing ABC. I previously have done projects with this, this, and this, and I helped to create X, Y, and Z. Do you have 20 minutes that I can schedule a virtual, you know, luncheon with you or a virtual coffee? I would love to send you a Starbucks gift card so you can order and we can have our Starbucks together. We can't Mm -hmm. meet at the water, but we can absolutely still grab some coffee together. It's just thinking about it in a different way. You can still do all the things from building relationships to helping to construct what your career progression looks like. It's just being intentional. It is making very intentional decisions about who you're going to connect with, what you're going to do to connect with them, and how you're going to show them that you are an asset and not a liability. Not coming with your hand out, but offering them a hand up because people will protect their assets. They want to protect you. They then become a mentor or a sponsor. They're plugging you because you have something that everybody doesn't have. Not that they don't have it, but that everybody doesn't tap into and uses. You have drive. Mm. You're willing to go get what you want. Right. That You can't pay for that. This is so good. Girl, you swept up all the gems when you were in corporate America. <laughs> you were like... The sweep, 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 bring it all in. <laughs> Put this in my bag and this in my bag. I'm going to need this for later. It really honestly was, and as I go, it was growing up poor. Yeah. And these growing are all transferable skills. All of them. All of them. All of them. My first business that I incorporated was a nonprofit and we created a program for foster kids who were aging out of foster care. And the, the program was called Life After Foster Care. Now what? In our first nine months, we partnered with the city of Miami Gardens. We were sponsored by UPS. And inside of the course, I told them, what do you think like, is the biggest threat to your success? And they were like, well, because I was in foster care, you know, I don't know how to be stable. I don't know this. I don't know that. And so what I told them, and this is what I tell, you know, anytime I'm talking to not just women, but anyone in business is what you feel is something that is an impediment to your growth and your success is actually your stepping stone. Because like I told them, everyone else, most people are are change averse. They don't like change. They fight it tooth and nail. But because the only constant in life is change, the fact that change is all you know, you know how to flow with it. So instead of looking at it as that is something that is going to be an impediment to your success, look at the things that you've been through as what will be the stepping stones that will take you into the next place, phase, and stage in your life. It's just a stepping stone. Use it. Mm, 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 mm. Y'all hear this? So closing, tell us what you do up north 
for this total free virtual event that, well, now it's not even up north, there's virtual, so anybody can join. Virtual. virtual event, free, free, free is for me, free. You got no excuse. You need to bring your kids along because it's virtual. They can be on mute in the back. Show for, exec- for executives, leaders, thought leaders, people in this corporate America that want to really transition and get to the next level or or leverage themselves and use themselves in a much better way that they're being utilized currently, which is often the case. What do you do one Tuesday a month for these people and how can people get involved? Absolutely. So the last Tuesday of every month, I bring some of the top level executives from major companies like your Starbucks, your Coca-Colas, all of the major companies, Fidelity Investments, Amazon. We bring some of the top executives from those organizations to, it's called the Future Learning Symposium. And you can go register. Like I said, it definitely is a free event and it's futurelearningsymposium.com. You can go right onto the website. And when you get there, when you attend the event, it's a real good time because I'm fun in real life. So I'm definitely fun on the virtual event. We have a DJ. And what it does is we teach you in those two sessions, because it's only two sessions, but we teach you in those sessions how to leverage your personal value to design and progress in your career through intentionality, to, through smart work, and through strategic action. It is such a good time, like such a good time. And it's with top executives who are in the organizations that many people either want to be in or who are already in. We show you this is how you build a career plan and activate it. Because you can't just build it and look at it like, oh, that's cute. No, we show you how to build it and then activate it. Holy crap. Wow. Futurelearningsymposium.com. Futurelearningsymposium.com. Guys, go check it out. She's literally bringing you the same value from this podcast on another level with top level executives and companies that you probably wish you worked in for the free. This is real legit value. So if they can't get to this, where can they stalk you? Where can they find out more information from you? So stay connected. I'm on all the platforms under my name and it is spelled interestingly. My mother said she knew I'd be unique. So she spelled it different. It's Alicia right. Listen, spelled it different. It's uh, A-L-E-C-H-I-A, last name Reese, R-E-E-S-E, everywhere, all platforms. All right. Alicia Reese, all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, all the th- LinkedIn, all the things. All the things. Follow her, go check her out. She is incredible. And we, the Stranded family, thank you times a million for all your gems today and helping us own motherhood, despite how we feel about it. (laughs) Despite their toxicity. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.